Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. Okay, so I have a question. Do you have one person who cuts your hair and you only ever go to that one person? And is that a normal thing? Yes, unless that person quits and you have to find someone new and that's very traumatic. So my answer is a lot more difficult because I kept, when I moved to, uh, like when I went to Arizona between like Seattle and moving to Wisconsin, I found a hair person that I love. So I used to fly back to Arizona to have her do my hair. Uh, wow. It's also very difficult to find somebody in the North that can do blonde hair, like do the right color shade of blonde. Um, but I have finally come to the realization that that after the lockdown and I couldn't fly to Arizona for like a year, uh, that wasn't sustainable. So I've been trying out different hairstylists up here. Have I'm you found someone? Try- I'm going to be trying my third one in October before we go to summit. That's that's it's really rough shopping around for a new hair person. It, is so it takes a lot of time to find someone you like again. So I'm not sure if this is a thing that like only apply or like frequently only applies to women or whatever, but like, I don't know if you could tell, I am in desperate need of a haircut and it's because my person had a baby. So she's been not cutting hair for a few months. And so this is like a few months worth of hair. And I'm like desperately waiting for her to be like, all right, I'm back again. So you have a person too. So I have a person too. But I feel like, I don't know, when I ask people about this, like in my social circle, they just sort of look at me like I'm weird. Like, well, why don't you just go somewhere? Like go to a great clips or whatever. But I don't, I don't have to deal with like, well, what do you want me to do to your hair? Well, just the normal thing. I, I don't know how to describe it. Like, the usual <laughs> the usual and then they'd be like well, i don't know what the usual is this but shorter the merlin we'll call it the merlin i don't think yeah. clips does a very good job like i, I haven't gone it... there since i was a kid but like i know guys that have gotten there and their hair doesn't look nearly as good as it could well i think it depends on like the length of their hair as well probably the like type of dad. hair yeah like my dad goes to create clips but i mean like you know he's balding a little bit and like just once it's short yeah if you want a buzz cut it's probably like fine <laughs> i mean i have to assume like anywhere i don't want to rag on great clips but i assume like anywhere it depends a lot on who you get their level of experience their level of especially experience with like hair like yours i don't know have you I'm has your curious. wife ever cut your hair oh no because no. my because of lockdown my sister and her husband obviously like they couldn't go get their hair done so they started cutting each other's hair like she cuts his hair and like and they're still doing it because they're like you know we can do it just fine and we don't care so yeah they're they're still I mean 18 months later still doing each other's hair fair enough I mean at this point I'm not even sure I'm not willing to let my wife cut my son's hair she's like I don't know do you think I should trim his like hair up out of his eyes and I was like nope it is not that hard of a thing to do maybe I'm just traumatized by like my own childhood when my mother would cut my hair and she would try to do this like clip it straight across which invariably meant that it went either this way or it went that way it wasn't the bowl cut was it no she never actually used the bowl okay although I think she wanted to (laughs) 
So she would just try to like eyeball it. And it was always crooked somewhere, like mismatched. And so I'm like, nope, nope. There's a professional that can do this. They know how to do this. I will let the professional do this. You do have this weird like hair. Now that you've commented on your hair, I can't stop looking at it. It's like just straight down your forehead. For those people who are like listening and not watching. (laughs) Nice comb over, Merlin. (laughs) How do I look now? Is it better? Yeah, you look pretty dorky. Professional, to be honest. So my nephew, speaking of hair, I'm sorry, this just reminded me, my nephew used to like do a come over with his hair and look in the mirror. He was like two or three. He'd be like, I'm so handsome. (laughs) Come over and then I'm so handsome and just look at himself in the mirror. Because people would always look at him and be like, you're so handsome. So he just started saying it to himself. So Merlin, you can do that later. Strong self-esteem there. Yeah. I'm so handsome there. I also like that the both reactions, Ashley's like, you look very professional. Is like, you look like a dork. <laughs> Dorks can be professional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're moving into, I'm sorry, I'm so distracted by Marilyn's hair. Like, I don't even know if I can. Like, I know, I'm like, gonna go well, back undo to normal. Undoing, undo, undo, control Z. <laughs> so today we're talking so about like Microsoft tools and apps that you can integrate with Dynamics and probably just the power platform as a whole. So really excited um, to talk about this. What do you guys have? Like, what are your top tools that you like to integrate with Dynamics? Really, do you want to go first? first. Okay. (laughs) Um, I had SharePoint uh, because I think it's one of the most common ones and it's been around a long time, but obviously storage in dynamics is more expensive than storage in SharePoint. So like very often you turn that on and you, you store your documents there. Um, yeah, that was my top one. Um, the other one, I don't know if it really should count as an integration because it's just kind of out of the box, but Excel and Word, I think are really common, especially Excel. Like I think people use the export feature all the time and we just kind of take that for granted, but I guess technically it's an integration. It's true. Uh, you can add Excel online into that because now you can ed- edit things in Excel online. Yeah, I was including that. That's yeah. also not new <laughs> anymore. I mean, it's not. But no. Like, sorry. Uh, for an old timer like me, everything's new. <laughs> I know. She did that to me last night too, Marilyn. I was all excited. I found something and she's like, mm, that's been out since like the spring. That's when I found it was the spring. It could have been out longer. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, no, Excel online like blows people's minds though. Like I love showing that to end users like for the first time because they're like, this is amazing. Um, I think it can be dangerous if you don't really know what it's doing. But as long as, yeah, as long as you realize the functionality, I think it's super powerful. And it is so much better than the way we used to have to like export and then re-import through the import wizard to make updates because that was not a very fun process. Well, and I think you could put the templates in that as well, like creating an Excel template. Like I've done that because we don't want our salespeople to be able to export stuff. I think that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've created templates of like things that we do want them to export, like the service calls for an account or things like that. Um, because we don't care if, you know, they know how often the systems are down or something like that, but it's also helpful to take to customer meetings. So it allows us to, you know, let them export what they need to, but without giving them the full export, like to their accounts and stuff. Yeah. 
Does anyone use like the dynamic worksheets anymore? Like I remember those being kind of popular a few years back, but I haven't really had a use case for them. I don't even know if I know what that is. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I don't. That one's been out forever. I know. I just, I didn't know if people still used them. Well, see, it's I, one of those things where like as an admin, unless it comes across your plate, like you're probably not going to find out about it, right? Like, yeah. unless you needed the solution for something. And I guess it's kind of like the template now in a, a way. Um, but actually Similar. what it was, was like, you should just, um, it's like a export, but you just, it refreshes the data. Like when you refresh the spreadsheet or reopen it. So it's like the latest oh. and greatest data from CE okay. instead of a static worksheet. Yeah, this is also the problem about being an admin. You just know things without knowing what they're called. This <laughs> happens all the time. I feel like there are still use cases for the dynamic worksheets, but I think at least my impression is that Power BI is sort of taking over because it's it's the same idea and it's the same stuff you wanted to do in Excel before anyway, but now it's better and easier in Power BI. Yeah, if you're willing to pay for the Power BI license. It's 10 bucks a month. People like, really balk at that. Yeah, depending on how many users you have that would need to like absorb the data or whatever, that can get pricey. And I also think Power BI is more complicated to like use than the export to Excel. So if an end user is well, trying true. to do it themselves, like Power BI might be intimidating, but I think that export to Excel feature is a lot simpler, like something they're more comfortable with. That's Assuming the views built for them. Right. Well, just speaking of templates though, and like um, using Word and Excel, I have found like, cause you have to do a lot of document creation, right? Like, and you, you would, you normally have to like go outside of the Microsoft family and um, like expert doc, I think is like, a, is a really common one um, to be able to fill templates, but you can actually do that with Power Automate now. You can fill out a Word template and then just populate it with the data and dynamics or like do calculations or format things. So I've actually found that to be really helpful. Um, actually working on building a few of those right now um, because it allows you to, to, to take that data and only pull the stuff that you need. Yeah, that is pretty, pretty powerful and very useful. Yeah, I like the word templates. They're, they're handy. I wish they could dynamically hide and show like sections, so. And that's where tools like expert are. Yeah. <laughs> they <can>. Yes. <laughs> Not that we're talking about other tools, but yeah, I think that it's, it's what you pay for, right? I mean, the Power Automate stuff comes with your licensing, so. It's true. Um, since we're thinking about office tools, I'll make a brief call out to the OneNote integration, which I really don't like, <laughs> but it is there. Um, uh, Merlin, tell us why you don't like it. I think that that's- I don't, I don't like it because it creates notebooks for everything. So essentially what it's doing in the background is it's just deploying a new OneNote notebook in the SharePoint folder for that record, whether it's an account or an opportunity or whatever. Like that's all that it's doing, which is like, it seems like it would be a cool thing, but for- Do you like it better if it like each record was a new tab or something in yeah. one notebook? Yeah. Because I need it all. And I feel like in one notebook is where I want stuff because of course I'm using OneNote primarily from the desktop OneNote application. So I've got all my notebooks open in there. I don't want to have 50 different notebooks and have to be like, oh, I got to go to this one accounts notebook. And then I feel like you're wasting all of the other structure that OneNote gives you. Like you can have tabs, you can have sections in the tabs. Well, what are you going to use all those for if your entire notebook is 
this opportunity or this account. Like you could do each call or that account. That sounds terrible. <laughs> you know, and I was just thinking, Merlin, because I was like, why wouldn't you want it not want it to be a notebook? Because like, you know, you're not gonna just take like this super long page of like notes on the account you want to separate it, but I I forget about the sections, right? So even if you created a tab for each account then you could like have a section like, Hey, this is a sales call from this day or this is, yeah. Yeah. You have tabs and pages. So like, why do you need separate Mm -hmm. notebooks? Do you think Microsoft will ever improve that? Like give us a setting where we can define what it creates? I mean, realistically, I'm not sure how they would technically do that. Like, I don't know. I don't know that OneNote has the capability, like, like with the SharePoint integration, you're, you know, creating folders with like, GUID values on the end, right? So that you know that they're unique so that you can tie this folder belongs to this account. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you could do that in OneNote because then you'd have to do like the same thing, but like on a tab, but yeah. you can't show that on your tab or it makes the tab useless. So mm-hmm. if there's nowhere like in the background where you could be like, well, this tab actually belongs to that account. And this tab belongs to that opportunity or whatever. Like I just, I assume it would take too much rebuilding of OneNote that I don't, I don't think it would make sense for them to do it. So is there any, oh, go ahead, Ashley. No, go ahead. I was going to ask if there's some sort of workaround then where you could keep like the OneNote structure that you like Marilyn, but still make it available like through the related record. See, and I'm not sure that there's anything that OneNote could do, but I feel like this is where, this is where maybe we step away from OneNote and get into Teams. And I feel like that's the, that's the big, the big integration that Microsoft is like pouring time and investment into is the integration between Dynamics slash Power Platform and Teams. And that's where you can like, I want to collaborate in Teams on just this record. And now I can have a chat about just this record and that's in Teams. Yeah. Or but that's different you know, than note taking, like in a meeting. Like that's a conversation. That's true. That's true. Um, but I guess. If you want to do that, uh, just put it all in the phone call record or, you know, add it to the timeline and something on, on the record itself in dynamics. I don't know. I mean, I'm not That's a stretch. That. <laughs> I don't think I'm, people <laughs> I'm just going to create a new tab in my own OneNote and then I'm going to type my notes in there. That's exactly what I do. Um, so speaking of the Teams yeah. integration, I haven't had like much real life experience with it, but you have to pick one channel for it to sync to, right? I believe, yes. Is that um, like, do you see that as a limitation at all? Possibly. I mean, when are you, again, I, I guess that comes down to thinking about sort of the dispersion of your data. If you're synchronizing to a bunch of different channels, then how do you know which channel to look at? Are you getting notifications? Too many do you guys only or, have one channel know. internally for Teams? No. Okay. No. Multiple. No, but I, it, it probably is a limitation. I would expect that Microsoft would expand that over time. We have board adoption of Teams at my current company, so I would, haven't even considered looking into what the Teams integration could do. Now, if we could like integrate it so pop-ups would appear in Dynamics, like, hey, somebody commented, like mm-hmm. having it go the other way, like that I could see being really helpful and valuable, but it doesn't. So honestly, I've never even looked into the Teams integration. I know very little about it. The, 
So <laughs> what we've actually started doing now is uh, in demos, we'll actually just demo dynamics from Teams. So you just like open Teams and you have dynamics as, a, as an app down the left-hand side, you just like pick dynamics and your entire CRM screen experience, everything is contained within Teams. Like That's something to, to think about, Ashley, like instead of waiting for, or if they ever kind of like enhance the other direction, because I thought that too, like, okay, you're IMing in Teams, like it'd be great to have that on the record in CE. But I think to Merlin's point, the idea or the shift is that it becomes team-centric instead of dynamic-centric. And I think that that works for people like me. I would love, like, I don't, I would cringe at the idea of showing that to some of my salespeople. Cause really? like, they don't even know how to call people in teams. And, and I say this with all the love in the world, love my salespeople. Um, but you know what I mean? I think that like, sometimes Microsoft thinks that end users are way more advanced than they are. And this is a conversation I actually had with the teams team at Microsoft. I jumped on the phone with uh, one of the engineers and, and, you know, somebody who like the marketing person or whatever. And they were just like, and the, you know, where I was saying, oh, it's difficult to find like a chat. Like if you have multiple chats with the same person, cause it's in like, groups or it's a multi-chat, you know, a lot of people, like when you search their name, it's really hard to find the one. And they were like, oh, you just use these three little lines. And I'm like, I've never seen those three little lines before. Like, and I've, and I would say I'm, I was one, an early adopter of teams. And so I just, I sometimes like, I don't think that teams is intuitive. That's my opinion. And I think that's integrating a tool like dynamics into it, that, which is also difficult for end users to understand. I just can't imagine like, I love Merlin that you guys are doing that, but oh my God, like as an admin and the people that the person that has to deal with end users. I think it depends well, a lot on the tech savviness of the team that you're talking about. And to your point, I think it also depends on your sort of level of teams adoption. Like, mm -hmm. okay, so I show it not in teams. So now how do you teach your end user to get to their CRM system in the first place? Well, open your browser and then go to this URL that I've sent you and remember to bookmark it because if you don't bookmark it, then you're just going to ask me no, what it is next week. No, a shortcut on the desktop. <laughs> or a shortcut on the desktop or whatever, right? Like, mm. or you're already chatting with people in Teams. You're already looking at things in Teams. Look, it just showed up. It's just in Teams. Just click on it right there. Oh, look, everything you could ever need. It's right there in Teams. If you're oh, using I, Teams for everything else, if it, that's the only thing in Teams, then that makes no sense. Sure. I, yeah. I love Merlin that you think that people know where to put the URL in the URL bar instead of copying and pasting it into the Google bar when they open up Chrome, because that's the kind of users that I, you know what I'm saying? So I think it's right. like, that's why I made the bookmarking comment. <laughs> like that's assuming they can get to their favorites. <laughs> So I'd be like, okay, what are you Google? Like, what did you put in the bar? Cause then I would Google the same thing and be like, oh, click on the third one. Like, so I'm just saying, like, I, I, right. I say this, so you don't think, it sounds you don't so think teams would be easier for them. I don't think so. Because like, can you imagine trying to tell them where to go in teams to open up dynamics? And then once they have it open, open teams, look for the dynamics logo, click it. It's right there on the left. Just click it. Fine. doesn't matter. No, I'm not saying it would be easier. <laughs> No, I'm not saying it would be easier or worse or whatever. I just think it depends on the team that you have. You know what I mean? Like your internal, sure. you know, I think that if you had a sales team of millennials, probably a lot easier. That's just not the reality of most sales teams. I'm going to say so. something probably awful considering we're all Microsoft centric, but I, when I teach my intro to CRM class, these are 
college kids, most of them are like traditional where they're right out of high school. Some of them are kind of going back and they're middle-aged, but they're all under 40 or 50, let's say. So younger. Um, and all of the ones that have used Salesforce in the workplace comment that Dynamics is a lot more difficult to use than Salesforce. So I've actually had more like, so that used to be the case, like five mm -hmm. years ago, everybody used to come in and be like, oh gosh, like Salesforce is so much easier to use and all this stuff. But actually at the job I'm at now, I've had more salespeople come to me and be like, oh, this is so much better than what we used to use. Like we used to use Salesforce and this is so much easier to use and so much more intuitive. Again, I don't know if it's because of like how it's implemented, right? Like it we, could be. I, yeah. I do things very basic here. Liz, was that your stomach or was that your dog growling? I'm so sorry. That's I my to dog. <laughs> That's my dog growling. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, Lizzie should have eaten breakfast. <laughs> yeah, just before this, I had to go on mute so you couldn't hear me. <laughs> You don't need to get into the psychological issues that I have on our podcast list. <laughs> Anyways, so I don't, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, Talk about how Salesforce used to be easier and now people yeah. say dynamics is easier. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's all perspective. Maybe they're trying to just be nice to me and stuff, but I've heard that more. I've heard it more often now that people are liking dynamics more than they used to. Yeah. That's good. I think in fairness, Microsoft's put a lot of effort into the usability aspects yeah. of dynamics over time. And I feel like Salesforce really hasn't put that much effort into it. I feel like they've been kind of coasting a little bit, so. I know this is totally off topic, but I'll just say one more thing. I think that Salesforce was built by end users and obviously dynamics was built by engineers and technical people. And I think that's where you yeah. see the difference is that Microsoft is built like logically, I don't want to say it sounds so bad, but like logically, like a methodology on the back end of like, this is how things are sorted where Salesforce is like, oh, you can do whatever you want because you can drag and pull and it's pretty and it flashes. And cause that's what end users like. So I feel like that's the difference. I know we're so off topic now, but yeah, I don't know. Is that your like a guess or do you know that for a fact of like who built which? That's how it appears, okay. I guess, to me as somebody who has seen and worked with both. That's yeah. how it appears to me. I see that. Yeah. So to get us back on track, the <laughs> predecessor to Teams was Yammer. And I still see Yammer in like my office apps. Does anyone use that still? Never used it. Really? I never got on the Yammer train. <laughs> We're mm -hmm. dying. Why is it still around? Like, why is it still an app? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's still there for like the six companies on earth that actually implemented Yammer. Which Microsoft like, is probably one. Like got onto the Yammer train and then they're like, okay, now that we're here, Microsoft, you can't just pull the rug out from under us. So they're like maintaining it for those like handful of customers. Yeah, Yammer is, Yammer is silly. So my I Yammer certifications are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Merlin went straight for the heart with that one. No, it's okay. So it's one of those things you learn that just disappears. But that happens so often, uh, right? Because like mm -hmm. I was talking to somebody yesterday about, uh, is it voice customer voice now? I had and I was that. Like, voice I of the customer. That was, but it used to be voice of the customer and now it's customer voice. Oh, so yes. so this same. is where, <laughs> agreed, right? This is the same conversation we had yesterday. And I was like, well, I thought that was deprecated. He's like, no, voice of the customer is deprecated. Then it was forms. And now they've yeah. come out with customer voice. You're right. And I'm just like, but can forms is still around. Yeah, forms like you can pro, but it's, but that was forms pro pro. 
was the equivalent to so they have so it's so surveys <laughs> but this is just microsoft right like so to your point of like the yammer like they just yeah. move things around and call it different well, it's like reword the words and the apparently outlook it's all app better. or the app for outlook like i can't even remember which one's which so i just called the old one like the legacy client because i'm like those names are too similar or the plugin i call it a plugin too oh I sure just, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's customer voice. And I, speaking of that, I haven't personally used it either, but I've heard it's pretty cumbersome to get working. Because hmm. I'm trying, I was trying to do a form with Power Automate and do some stuff and that was cumbersome as well. So again, really? it's all built with, uh, with uh, developers, like developers built it and it's just not Didn't logical. they acquire something for, or was that voice, voice of the, the customer? Was voice of the customer was an acquisition. Okay, so is this completely new or did they build on top of that? It's a good question. Probably what they did. What I would guess is that Merlin's face right now did, is killing me. They did the same thing that they did with Parature, okay. which is they acquired it. They looked at what was useful. They tore it apart, took the useful bits, and rebuilt something else with it. So, what like Parature, knowledge base. Knowledge base. Okay. I was like, they I've, built a knowledge base, all that like enhanced customer service stuff that came out in what, like 2015 or 16 mm -hmm. or something. A lot of that was informed by the way that Parature did things. So it was like they it. bought Parature to understand how they needed to enhance their customer service product. And then they just parted it, trashed Is it. Is that where like SLAs came from and stuff? Um, I don't think so. Okay. That's not where the USD came from either, right? No, no that was already okay. around. That was already no, around. USD that was like something else. That was like a client thing first. Yeah, that was also two it's different It's hard items. to keep track of all of this, like the acquisitions. And then because the, they, they'll call it that for a while. And then they'll, like you said, Marlon, like take it apart and recreate something new with it. So it's hard right. to like. Well, again, because they're supporting legacy, it. right? Like. Like going back to Yammer or going back to Parature, like they bought Parature. Well, there are people actively using it, so they can't just like turn it off. Right. So they had to like make it so that Dynamics customer service could do everything that Parature could do. And then they were like, okay, everybody who's using Parature, move to this now. This is a viable solution. By the way, we're going to turn that one off in a year. Hmm. And so then they move people over and then they can turn it off. And I assume voice of the customer was probably similar. It was like, okay, this is how to do a survey tool all right, this seems good. Let's build forms and then forms pro. And then let's rename forms pro just for giggles because we like to rename things. And then we're going to use two of the words that we used before just to confuse everybody now. Right. Yeah, just voice. rearrange, just flip them. Rearrange. <laughs> I'm just surprised there's not insights or app anywhere in the name. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if our listeners are aware of this, but I'm pretty confident that the Microsoft product naming team has a book that has about 20 words in it. And every, every product name must come from only those 20 words and or just exactly what the thing is. Like, oh, well, we are making a customer relationship management system. Let us call it CRM. So true. What did they call, uh, oh, now I've lost it. Dataverse? Remember there was like a middle thing between common C data server and Dataverse. Yes. The one that, yeah, what was it? Um, Dataflex, I think. Dataflex, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was a hot I thought Dataflex hot was Oakdale. Uh, no, so they tried to rename Common Data Service to 
Dataflex Pro and Oakdale was Dataflex. But Dataflex then it turns Lite, out, yeah. Then it turns out that somebody already owned the, the trademark Harvard on Dataflex. Thing or so something. then yeah. they had to scroll that back and try again. I do. I actually don't mind Dataverse because it brings up so many like Spider-Man jokes, the multiverse and stuff. Like I actually have a lot of fun with it when I do trainings with people. It's true. It's so. one of also, their better names. It is. I'm actually not mad about it right now. Yes, we are. So, so just to bring it back to like apps that you can, Liz, I thought you, I don't know if you know about this one, but based on our conversations, the last couple of weeks talking about productivity, there's actually, uh, you can create, uh, tasks and planner from your activities in dynamic. So if you use planner as your like go-to your task list, things to do, um, you can actually, obviously you have to use a power automate flow to build that. Um, but it's pretty seamless. You can create the activity and then it'll create a task on your a planner task should just be an activity type. Agreed. And it's just think, but <laughs> yeah. So in the interim, until that comes up on the ideas board for Microsoft, you can create. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I've never used yeah. it, but now that I'm getting more into planner, I don't really use activities, I guess, in dynamics, but that's interesting. I didn't know you could do that, but I thought of you when I saw that. I like it. Um, so one I had to ask about was I recall um, a, there used to be like a project, a Microsoft project integration with PSA. And I know PSA is like now part of FNO. Did you guys ever work with that? Or do you know anything about that? Is that still around? No idea. I never worked with PSA. Think maybe. Mm. I don't remember. Good answer, Marilyn. I didn't know. I, I just was right brainstorming things and I never, I yeah, I just remember it being there. And then it's like one of those things that I, just I know like, that it was there. I'm pretty sure it wasn't there for a period of time. What I don't remember is if it ever came back. Okay. What would yeah, be cool though, is if you could take like your business, like your business flows or your business process flows or the business world that you create and just click a button, have that come out as a Visio. I've always wanted that. Can you? Oh my God. Can you? Well, I don't know if it's Visio, but it PDFs it. Okay. There's an X, there's like some sort of um, like document generation button in the design. Yeah, that I knew, I guess, but I just would like it to come out as like a Visio with all the like lines. Have you looked in that XRM toolbox? I haven't actually. I was doing a lot of research on that, but I feel like I've seen something like that before. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if, I guess if you, like you guys have said this before, if you find something to be super manual, go in the XRM toolbox because there's probably a button you can push in there to make it possible. Yeah, I'm not sure if there is, but for this one. Yeah. So any last tools? Anything that you liked within the uh, Microsoft family to integrate? And I like how all of the family integrates with itself, right? Like I feel like, Microsoft has done a much better job over the last, I don't know, five to six years or so actually getting their tools to really, truly work together. I feel like it was always like, that was part of the story, like, oh, it's all Microsoft, and we'll all talk together. And it was like, some stuff did, like Word and Excel and Outlook did a reasonable job, but then like other stuff didn't. And I, I think now, like, you can get stuff from Teams to plug in, you can get like the different tool sets to plug in, you can have customer insights feed into your, out of your dynamics, back into your dynamics, send it to marketing, send it back to something else. You've got Power Apps and Power Automate. Like I love, I love all the stuff that they've added there about like, you can have a form on a form. You can put a Canvas app on a form. You can, 
I think they're working on. You can put a form on a Canvas app, like like all of this interoperability, like just dropping Power BI dashboards in. No, I think that's. Mm -hmm. I've embedded stream cool. videos before into records. That's oh. cool. Well, and I think the obvious one that none of us brought up, like Merlin went super advanced with all of his thing, all of his like terminology there, but like the one we didn't talk about was Outlook, right? Yeah. Like the integration. That's because of, that's like, too big emails. of a conversation. <laughs> it is, but I think it's also worth just mentioning that like, it's actually a functional integration now where, I mean, for years it wasn't, uh, if we're just all being honest, um, but it actually well, works really well now. So. It was functional, except for just like that one computer that for whatever reason, it would just never work out. It wasn't one. It was like half of them. Uh -huh. It was like half. Oh, well. And then trying to upgrade, it was a nightmare. Anyways, oh, I could go on for days about this. So I have one other or two other things to throw out there that I don't know much about, but I would love to hear if either of you do or have like updated knowledge on. Um, speaking of the Microsoft family, we haven't talked about the other Dynamics applications. So like mm -hmm. FNL and BC. Because I know that, you know, there's always been the story that it's one product, but and like slowly over the years, like it's become more of that, but I know it's more cohesive. I just don't think it's really to the point, the final end point yet. I mean, it's not technically because they're all still using their own kind of databases, right. but um, I have now, now that I'm at a partner that does a lot of BC work, I have seen the like BC CRM joint demos and BC has really surprised me. Like from within Business Central, there's a button that's like open this in CRM and you like click the button and it will like launch the account or the whatever on the CRM side. And you can like surface data in there very seamlessly. It's got like native integration that moves stuff back and forth. Is the integration um, more, have they improved that? Is it more robust? I think it is a little bit better. I mean, it's obviously- better than what it used to be. Yeah. I will say yeah. that because I worked on a project to integrate the two. And it's, it's better than what it used to be. I think it obviously has a still room for improvement, like most things that Microsoft does, but. Sure. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's pretty good. And then like in BC, you can also like embed a Power BI report like on your dashboard in there. And so like, there's a lot of, a lot of pretty seamless integration stuff between the two that I was surprised at not ever really seeing BC before. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know about FNL. I know nothing about FNL. <laughs> I don't even think it's called FNO anymore. I know. What would we call it? it? Well, there's finance it's, and then there's operations. I'm, it's like broken out. Yeah, but no, like, no, are you going to list off all the different apps when you're referring to the enterprise ERP apps? No, no. Like, they're, they're, they've, they've switched it from FNO to like F, like SCM, F something and SCM. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's F like finance. Merlin. No, it's like finance, something else and supply chain management. And they just like lump it all together well, into like a five There's HR or talent or whatever talent's called now. And they're, yeah. yeah, that's not included. Okay. I don't know. They, I don't know. This is somebody So that else, acronym is clearly really rememberable. Rememberable. <laughs> Rememberable. I made a board. Oh man, we have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your last one, Liz? Or was that? Well, it? we didn't you talk about two? LinkedIn, which I know we have another episode on that, but I guess yeah. I count that too. Because it's true. in the Microsoft family. Yeah. And yeah. I keep a, that also. Definitely a plug for our other podcast on that one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's everything for today. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast. 
For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at dynamicshotdish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.